our top story tonight. Tony Pollard can be the RB1 across the NFL, the RB1 in fantasy football. And I've got Bradley Stalder here for Dynasty Week to talk all about it, bring you some of his favorite players in Dynasty, talk a little best ball, all that and more on Player Profiler today. Bradley, so happy to have you on the show. How is it going, my friend? It's great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Jack. Oh, absolutely. Let's get you to plug your pluggables before we get started so all the amazing people can find all the good information that you give after the show because they're, they're going to fall in love. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, for sure, Jack. So on Player Profiler YouTube channel, Make sure you guys are subscribed, by the way. If you're watching, you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that red subscribe button for sure. Um, I have a show, Best Bell Fantasy, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. We talk best ball. Um, there's going to be a special guest tomorrow, Todd Burrows. We're going to bring him on. He is literally at Best Ball NFL on Twitter. So make sure you check out tomorrow's episode. It's going to be a big one where we're going to talk about strategies for you to be successful in your best ball league. So it's going to be a massive show. Todd is an expert in the best ball streets, um, always learning from, from a sharp like him. So make sure you're checking it out. But every Tuesday, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, whether it's a live draft, whether it is talking ADP risers and fallers in the best ball streets, or learning just some, some lessons. And finally, uh, one of the key parts, one of my favorite parts of the show is we have user submissions of best ball teams and I grade them. And um, I had to apologize to Maddie, <laughs> Maddie, because I kind of roasted him on the first one and uh, he's learned his lesson. He's drafted some better best ball teams uh, since, but that's one of my favorite parts is giving some feedback and just making us better players in the best ball streets. So check out best ball fantasy on the player profiler network. I don't think you need to apologize for roasting Matty Kiwoom. I mean, a bad draft's a bad draft. You got to be honest about it. Was the reason it was so bad because it didn't have enough Tony Pollard? <laughs> I, I can't remember if his team had Tony Pollard on it, but a team that has Tony Pollard on it is certainly one that I'm giving a, a good grade to in the player upside portion of the rubric when I'm grading. So yeah, we can get into Tony Pollard for sure here, Jack. It, uh, it was taking Twitter by storm today. Uh, Tony Pollard, our possible RB one overall. I mean, Tony Pollard finishes RB eight in fantasy points per game last year. So this was with Ezekiel Elliott finishing as a flex play more than 50% of his games. So we don't have a viable number two behind Tony Pollard. Maybe they'll sign a free agent, but I love the pathway that Tony Pollard has to not just be an RB1 and return on his ADP of RB7, but be possibly an RB1 overall. I can absolutely see it. Even if they sign a veteran, even if they bring back Zeke, because they've shown us what they think about Ezekiel Elliott. They cut him. If they bring him back, it's going to be on near the veteran minimum. He is going to take a step back. It is going to happen if he even ends up on the Dallas Cowboys because Malik Davis is still getting hype. People seem to love him. He's a, a nice pick at the end of some of your best ball drafts. What are your thoughts on Malik Davis? Can he be a thing or is this just the Tony Pollard show? Malik Davis is a last round consideration in your best ball drafts. A handcuff possibility for right now. 
as you said, we're waiting and seeing if a veteran will sign with the Dallas Cowboys. The only one that I would raise my eyebrow to and say maybe that could be enough to stop Tony Pollard to be RB1 overall would be Dalvin Cook. But aside from that, even if Dalvin Cook signs, I could still see Tony Pollard returning on being a mid-pack RB1. Like, let's take take a moment and look at two games. I just want to take two games, Jack, and look at Tony Pollard. Last year, he finished week 11 as the running back one overall. Okay, and that was on only 54% snap share. Ezekiel Elliott, in that same game against the Minnesota Vikings, had 16 touches. That's a 16. full committee. That is a Zeke had 16 touches. Tony Pollard finished as the running back one on the week. But no, it gets better. Two weeks later, two weeks later, Tony Pollard finishes at the running back two. Ezekiel Elliott had 20 touches in that game. So there is a sky high ceiling for Tony Pollard, even with another usable back in this Dallas offense. I am not worried about Tony Pollard. And the offensive line might be even better because they're going to have Tyron Smith for the full year. They're getting back Terrence Steele. The Cowboys might be one of the most talented. They might be one of the best teams in fantasy football. If you want to build your own best team in fantasy football, you got to do it over on Underdog Fantasy. Podfather, take it away. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an Underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can five extra payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy. The promo code is Underworld for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. We love our friend at Underdog Fantasy. You obviously love Underdog Fantasy as a best ball connoisseur. And one other veteran running back that is not in the mix, we're hearing he might be, I don't believe it, but could Joe Mixon be cut by the Cincinnati Bengals? Could he? Maybe. Will he? Probably not at this point. If if the Cincinnati Bengals were going to do it, they would have done it already they had an opportunity to draft his replacement or sign his replacement in free agency. I know there are other running backs out there right now, like Zeke and Fournette and Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook. I'm just not convinced that the Bengals are motivated to move on any of those running backs. So I I know that there's been some chatter about Joe Mixon lately, but uh, I think there's more smoke than fire for this story. I, I just don't buy it at all because it, it went so long where it was okay. They're just they're just gonna have Joe Mixon after the draft. They're just gonna have Joe Mixon. Then all of a sudden, some beat reporter starts thinking, "Well, you know, most of these other running backs they're unsigned. They could they could make Joe Mixon adjust to that market, even though the market's not set because none of the veteran running backs have signed." So it's a nothing story when it all comes down to it. Joe Mixon is going to be a part of this team. I just wanted to make sure we were on the right path. I don't know who his backup's going to be, but I do know the Browns. They are out on 
the Dalvin Cook types, the Joe Mixon types, all these veterans. Does that make Jerome Ford a buy? You know, I was at the FSGA in Cleveland this past week with Billy Muzio, and we were chattering with some people in the know. And the people in the know were saying that Jerome Ford is the guy that you want to be rostering on your best ball teams. So, yes, he they lo- uh, he's reportedly loved in Cleveland. He is the number two back operating. I mean, if you want to take extraordinarily deep cuts in like Dimitri Felton, the, but the name that keeps coming up is Jerome Ford. You know, this is a player who is a fifth round pick. Not great profile, but amazing speed. And Jerome Ford is a guy that, you know, if he steps into a, an offense that's led by Deshaun Watson, David Njoku, and uh, and Amari Cooper, you've got you've got some really nice pieces on this offense that could create a lot of goal line scenarios if Chubb ends up going down. But I think this is bigger news that Nick Chubb is going to get the significant workload that we want in fantasy. Yeah, both things can absolutely be true. Jerome Ford, the most premium of premium handcuffs, but the reason he's so premium is Nick Chubb is such a bell cow and there's no one behind Jerome Ford. I absolutely love Nick Chubb. I think he is a perfect hero RB. He could finish as the RB1 overall this season, as well as just alongside Tony Pollard. He does it more through just raw volume, whereas Tony Pollard does it more with efficiency. But either way, these are two guys that I'm absolutely pushing in my chips on, especially because I'm going running or sorry, going wide receiver usually early and then double back in the second round. These guys can be available. I love it. And so other than the Cleveland Browns, I saw you had a post earlier today. Jacoby Myers is one of your guys, isn't he? He is one of my guys this year. And I ran a regression of the best bell value rating. So it takes a look at not just a player's ceiling, but also a player's floor and the rates at which they're achieving those floor and ceiling thresholds. And uh, it gives a special weight to, to ceiling plays, but also, you know, values values, just getting, making it into your lineup for best ball team. And Jacoby Myers was significantly below the regression line versus ADP. So, I'm saying that Jacoby Myers needs to be like a seventh or eighth round pick. You know, I'm, I'm pulling up underdog, our friends at underdog right now. And I mean, look at who's going in round seven, round eight, like Jacoby Myers should be going around. And you could argue that maybe you would have the Quinton Johnson's of the world or the Jahan Dotson's of the world or George Pickens. The argument can be made that those guys should be ahead of him in ADP but he's going behind Juju Smith-Schuster, behind Alan Lazard, behind Sky Moore, uh, behind Tyler Boyd. Jacoby Myers, right? Wide receiver, 35 or better each of the last two years, 25% target rate each of the last three years, and now bumps out Darren Waller. Reportedly is pushing out Hunter Renfro, and Jacoby Myers plays primarily out of the slot. If your argument is, well, Jimmy Garoppolo throws a lot to the slot, this is a wheels-up PPR scenario for Jacoby Myers, who is going in round 11. And also, by the way, he was on Pat Corain's $2 million team last year, so there is a little bit of gravitas to drafting Jacoby Myers. This is a player at wide receiver 56, completely undervalued, Jack. 
He's just one of the most underrated receivers year in and year out. He ends up underrated in the NFL draft because he should have been drafted. Jacoby Myers absolutely should have been drafted. He wasn't. And then he ends up with a starting job anyways, undrafted free agent year one. And then year two, he becomes a productive fantasy asset. And then year three, he's even more productive and it just continues on and on. And now he gets the big contract and People are more in on the guy that replaced him, Juju. How? How? Juju has the knee injuries. He's got the concussion issues. I mean, he didn't play well the last few years. And look, I know that the quarterbacks are different, you know, going from whichever quarterback. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver 56. I don't care what type of build. Some people were getting into my into my replies on Twitter saying, but it depends on the build. No, it doesn't. He's going to fill in wherever you need him to be. I mean, he can't access top five, top 10 weeks. That's fine. But 33% of the time, he's going to be giving you a flex week, which in round 11, you're going to be smashing Devonta Smith, Devonta Adams, only 50% of the time were flex rate wide receivers last year. So for Jacoby Myers to a third of the time be doing that, Jack, this is a slam dunk smash. It makes sense. It just makes sense. Hand selected by Josh McDaniels to replace Hunter Renfro, who was a PPR monster, to be the wide receiver two to Devontae Adams in a consolidated target share. Because as excited as I am about Michael Mayer long term, he's a rookie tight end. He's not going to command targets this year. Hunter Renfro is obviously being phased out. This is just, this is Jacoby Myers team as the wide receiver too. He can be the beta to Devonte Adams. And then going down the line, he could be the alpha because Devonte Adams, mm. is he going to want to stay with the Raiders? We've heard some disgruntled throughout the off season. I don't know. It's possible. Renfro could be on his way out. Devonte Adams on his way out. We already saw Darren Waller get pushed out pretty immediately by the signing of Jacoby Myers. So the, the stars are aligning, Jack. The stars are aligning. The stars are aligning. It appears as though the stars are aligning for C.J. Stroud, too. We already heard this last week about Bryce Young, that the team just gravitates towards him. He's, he sees the locker. Even Andy Dalton is looking up to Bryce Young, even though he's literally looking down. And now we're hearing the same thing about C.J. Stroud. The players gravitate towards him. He has taken the offense it's his team. So could we be looking at three starting quarterbacks that are rookies in week one or possibly four? Cause now Clayton tune is getting hyped that he could be starting week one for the Cardinals. Well, let me speak to the CJ Stroud players are gravitating toward him. If they weren't, that would be a problem. That would be a massive issue. So this is just, what we would expect. This is nothing outside of the normal. You'd hope that your top overall pick, your quarterback, that your team would be rallying behind him. I mean, it's June. It's not even September yet. <laughs> and let the let the good news continue. But when it comes to a possible fourth quarterback starting, you know, because you've got CJ Stroud, you got Bryce Young. We anticipate Anthony Richardson to be starting out of the gate. I think that is the pathway for Anthony Richardson. But the fourth one you mentioned, Clayton Toon, there has been some rumblings about him being the starter. Clayton Toon last year was quarterback four in PFF grade among all quarterbacks that look, this is a, a player out of Houston 
who I feel like was underrated and undervalued in the draft process. I'm glad that he's getting his opportunity. I mean, Kyler Murray is, he's working his way back from the ACL injury. Uh, There's been some pretty wild timelines out there. Some people have said, Kyler Murray's not even going to play this year. I don't believe that. Let's just put that to rest. I don't think that the Cardinals are going to sideline him. They are going to play for something. But at the same time, I think Clayton Toon has has an interesting chance to be a starter. Colt McCoy is old, and the Trace McSorley is now on the New England Patriots. I don't even know where Chris Strevler is anymore. So Clayton He's on the Toon, Jets. He's with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Deep cut right there. But Clayton Toon, nevertheless, has, has a legit shot to, uh, to be starting as long as he can beat out Uncle Jeff Driscoll. And that shouldn't be too difficult. But with this in mind, with all the hype around the rookies, do you find you have kind of an edge over on underdog right now where people are still kind of dynasty brained with the rookie fever? Is there any advantages we can find there? Yeah, I think the immediate move, uh, the edge was to fade Anthony Richardson right away, right after the draft. He jumped within a week. He jumped from quarterback 24 to quarterback 11 in in ADP. This is just wild, wild stuff. So when you're tracking those types of things, you've got to be selling at quarterback 11. I bought a, I drafted a bunch of shares of Anthony Richardson when he was quarterback 22, 23, 24. And that's the right price for a quarterback who we expect to start, but has a wide range of outcomes in, in his rookie year. Uh, I think now we've moved to, there's a lot of wide receiver hype. So especially on underdog Jackson Smith and Jigba is pumped up. Quinton Johnston is pumped up. Uh, those two in particular, I mean, Zay Flowers has fallen off a little bit, but there's reasons why we're a little lower on Zay Flowers, and maybe that's why he's a buy, you know, from the from the wide receiver perspective. And then from the tight end, I think the only one that's getting too steamed up right now is Dalton Kincaid. I yep. love Kincaid. I think that Kincaid could be a real difference maker in this league, and he might be the tight end that you do want for week 17, but his price is very expensive. So if I'm pivoting off of Dalton Kincaid, consider Dawson Knox, who we have seen have a high touchdown rate. He, we, we've seen double-digit touchdowns from Knox. So why not have a, a, a rotation through of some of those players? I think the right build, you can have Kincaid. But uh, in most cases, I'm staying away from drafting him for right now. Uh, I think the big tight end buy, you mentioned him earlier, is Michael Mayer. He's been dropping and dropping in ADP. There is some concerns about the Vegas Raiders. So Michael Mayer, I think, is the biggest buy right now because we believe in his talent. He was an early second round pick out of Notre Dame. Go Irish. And uh, (laughs) and, uh, so I'm a big believer in Michael Mayer. But at the same time, like you got to be buying these ADPs. You can't be just looking at them as as dynasty values. So. Uh, that I think those are some players that we can we can have some edges on right now. It's almost like we're going to need a dynasty detox after dynasty week, as the pod father <laughs> says, just to get in redraft, get fully into the best ball season instead of having one foot in the door, one foot out. Glad you mentioned Michael Mayer, though. People were mad at us on Twitter today because right now at this moment, only one rookie tight end is starting, and that's Luke Musgrave. And so when we announce that fact, people are mad. Oh, you're forgetting Michael Mayer. No, he's not starting yet. He will be. He'll pass Austin Hooper. 
Oh, Sam Laporta. What about him? He's not starting yet. It says now, right now, Luke Musgrave is the only rookie starting tight end. And that, that excites me. And so players that excite you, mm. who is your flag plant rookie? Oh. Well, if you've been following me on Twitter for any amount of time, you'll have seen posted time and again, this, this little sign. It says Dwayne McBride, no matter what, because that is my guy. That is my guy. Dwayne McBride was top five in PFF rushing grade last year. He is number one in yards after contact per attempt. Yes, he has a fumbling issue. I don't care. Yes, he doesn't catch passes. I don't care. The Minnesota Vikings are going to just, <laughs> they're going to pass. And then when they get the close to the goal line, Alexander Madison's just a guy. It's a very within the range of outcomes that Dwayne McBride, who is going to easily beat out Ty Chandler, because Ty Chandler is 25 years old, been in the system for however many years, hasn't done a lick. Dwayne McBride was drafted by this regime to fit a role. And that is a between the tackles grinder and yards after contact monster. So Dwayne McBride, a player that I really liked coming out of the draft process uh, before the draft pre-draft process lands on Minnesota where there is opportunity, even though the Vikings will be passing a lot. That just means they're going to be in a lot of scoring positions. So Dwayne McBride couldn't end up being like Garrett blunt ish, you know, moving forward. And I'm here for, for all of that. So give me Dwayne McBride, no matter what. I love the LeGarrette Blunt comparison because before Jamal Williams, who was another guy I was going to mention in that NFC North, he was LeGarrette Blunt. He was the original Jamal Williams goal line back, which is a role Ezekiel Elliott still needs to accept at this point. But I can dig that. I can see it because you're right. Alexander Madison is absolutely just a guy. And I do like Ty Chandler, but he's not going to beat out Dwayne McBride on the goal line. He'll get some of those between the 20s touches. And for fantasy football, those don't matter that much. Dwayne McBride, you're starting to sell me a little bit on him as the LeGarrette Blunt. What about your veteran flag plant for Dynasty? Is there anyone that you're expecting to either break out this year or just that you are still in on? Oh, yeah. Give me all of J.K. Dobbins, baby. Uh, <laughs> so Dobbins is Nick Chubb light. Like we love Derrick Henry. We, there's like a tier of this, right? There, There's Derrick Henry and then there's Nick Chubb. And then right there, right next to Nick Chubb is J.K. Dobbins. Last year, Dobbins came back from a catastrophic knee injury. And he plays on the Baltimore Ravens, who love to run the ball. The average defenders in the box when J.K. Dobbins ran the ball was second most of all running backs, and he still had the fourth highest yards, true yards per carry. This is a guy, number two in juke rate among running backs. He is a dynamic player, and we know that this offense is going to be fast tempo, which means that there's going to be opportunities and lanes Defenses are going to have to be on their toes. I mean, they're already having to do so with Lamar Jackson. We know the defenses have to respect the lanes that Lamar can run the ball. If Lamar can run and pass, that puts them in goal line situations. J.K. Dobbins is an extremely efficient runner. Remember, he was a top-tier prospect coming out of Ohio State, second-round pick. And so, finally, a year removed from this knee injury, this is the year for J.K. Dobbins. 
I love it. We, we all remember that run against the Pittsburgh Steelers and a lot of people, their instant reaction, oh, he's limping, oh, he's slow, oh, he's dust. My instant reaction is, how the hell is he outrunning the Steelers defense without a knee right now? This is insane. I don't care that he got taken down at the end of it. I care that he broke it to begin with. J.K. Dobbins, the speed is going to continue to get better. The explosiveness is going to continue to improve. Love J.K. Dobbins, and I'm sure as a J.K. Dobbins fan, you heard the reports earlier today, this Ravens offense, it's going to be wide open. As you said, it's going to be faster paced, and we're going to see more targets for the running backs. And I believe it because I don't know if you remember, there's a certain guy from Georgia, Kenny McIntosh, not very good, but still had over 40 receptions this past year. J.K. Dobbins, I know he hasn't been a receiver in the NFL, but not doing it in the NFL doesn't mean he can't. And, oh, I love J.K. Dobbins. He, where do you have him? Is he a, a RB2 type, or is he going to break into the RB1? You know, I think he can get into that low-end RB1. I think Nick Chubb is his ceiling because you mentioned the pass catching. We would have to see a significant, a seismic shift in the passing rate, especially to the running back. And even historically, we haven't seen rushing quarterbacks dump off to the running back very often. So I don't think he can access, you know, the RB one overall ceiling or even, you know, top three, but can he get into running back seven running back five? I think that's about the ceiling for JK Dobbins where I think a realistic, a realist like 70th percentile outcome is like running back 10 for JK Dobbins. I, I absolutely love that. I love J.K. Dobbins. Love We just love athletic running backs here at Player Profiler. Every single one of us. That is why I am still in on Antonio Gibson. Feel free to break my heart if you disagree, but I think Antonio Gibson in that Jarek McKinnon role might finally hit. I, I, I hope so. I've drafted a lot of Antonio Gibson. Uh, I have too much on my dynasty teams for him to not. Uh, this has been, you know, an, a roller coaster ride for Antonio Gibson because we've seen the ceilings, we've seen the floors, we've seen, you know, good and bad and ugly ultimately from, from Gibson. He was dealing with injuries last year. He dealt with injuries his rookie year as well. But the pass catching is there which is why he doesn't need to do as much to be able to access running back to level weekly finishes. So I don't, I, I hope that the enemy becomes the head coach and not just the offensive coordinator so that we can have and fully unleashing of Antonio Gibson. That would be great. That would be great. It would, it would. And then he goes off into free agency next year, hopefully signs a big contract. Pro I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Cause Right now, it looks like oh, no one's going to sign a big contract running back. The market's dust. But if they don't sign Jonathan Taylor this offseason, he's hitting free agency. J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, that whole class hits free agency. Then we'll have all the one-year deal, deal guys like Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. So when all those guys come together, could they start talking to each other and say, hey, we're not taking these low-ball offers anymore. We have a bunch of running backs that are free agents. I don't know how it's going to shake out that landscape. Yeah. It's interesting too. I don't know if you mentioned Saquon Barkley, but Barkley yep. has, has exhibited his public displeasure with, um, with low ball offers. He just wants to get paid fairly. Now the definition of fair is in the eye of the beholder, you know, but you are going to come to a head with these running back contracts because, 
you know, you see some veteran running back de- get get decent deals like James Conner last year. You know, you've got somebody who gets a lot of guaranteed money, who's going to be the starter, get a lot of work. And I think that's the role that like a lot of these running backs want. But many of the teams just that they, they draft a replacement very quickly. So it's it's interesting to, to try to find the right fit for each of these running backs going into uh, into the fall and then into 2024. It's a new NFL. We don't have the bell cows that we used to. Getting 60% of the touches makes you a bell cow in this era of football. And it's just something we have to adjust to. But we will be here every step of the way. Bradley, any final thoughts, any takeaways, any pluggables to plug before we take off here? Yeah, just make sure you're uh, subscribed to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Hit that red subscribe button, y'all. Uh Jack puts out great content every day, so make sure you're you're checking it out. Uh, also, check out my show, Best Bell Fantasy, uh, on the Player Profiler channel every week, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at FFStalder. Um, I put out some interesting content as well, and there's uh, more things on the way, Jack. So uh, this, the summer is but young, and uh, there's, there's a lot of hotness still to happen in hot best ball summer. Oh, it's going to be a hot best ball summer. It is going to be a great summer of content. And we will be here to bring you all of it on Player Profiler today. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.